Let's go to prayer before we start. Father, you are an almighty God. And we're going to see some of that today as we study Ruth. I just pray, Lord, that these ladies will be blessed by your word, that uh, it will stay with them, and they will want to be in your word and study, Lord, as we see your love to us through Ruth and through Boaz, Father. For we just ask this in your precious name. Amen. Well, today we're going to start uh, with verses Ruth 2, and we're going to look at verses 8 to 10 first, and then we're going to go through to 17. So Ruth, or excuse me, Boaz is speaking kindly to Ruth here, in verse, starting in verse 8. Then Boaz said to Ruth, You will listen, my daughter, will you not? Do not go to glean in another field, nor go from here, but stay close to my young women. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap, and go after them. Have I not commanded the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. So she fell on her face, bowed down to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes, that you should take notice of me, since I am a foreigner? Ruth is actually showing honor and thanking Boaz for what he has done for her by this position of bowing down to the ground. Uh, it's a precious thing that the Lord provided for Boaz and for Ruth, as well as Naomi, started with Naomi, and then provided for Ruth and Boaz. As we see the reason she found favor in Boaz's eyes, is because she had found favor in the eyes of the Almighty God. And that's the beginning of a wonderful romance. And it gets better and better as time goes along. So what steps, ladies, what steps did uh, Boaz take to help Ruth? He gives her an opportunity to glean in places that there was more grain to Yes. Anything else? He protected her from the other men. Yes. Taking advantage of her. Yes, he did. And he also allowed her to have drink from the vessels that they had drawn. And then we're going to look at questions one and two on our homework sheet. While we're here, why did Ruth find the attention of Boaz so unusual? Why do you think that? I'm sorry, what? Yes, that's right. She was a Moabite, and they were enemies of Israel. What was Ruth's response? We just talked about that. Respect and thankfulness. Yes. Yes, she was. How do you think Ruth chose Boaz's fields to glean in? 
That's exactly right. God put her there. All right, we're going to continue what the story teaches us about God. First, it teaches how God loves his own. Naomi was God's person. She had left the will of God, but God never took his eyes off of her. He followed her to the far country, and he loved her all the way back. What a beautiful thought. No matter where you are, your father loves you all the way back. And through what happened in Ruth's life, he is continuing to love Naomi. We can go into the far country, but we can't get away from God. He loves us, and his love will follow us wherever we go. That's the kind of God we have, and that's what the book of Ruth is about, the unending, uninterrupted, unqualified love of El Shaddai, the Almighty God. Second, it teaches how God lends his, leads his own. Every day you learn something new about how God works. One thing God has oppressed upon me is that we cannot know God's leading in our lives until we first give him the control. That's the important thing is to let go and turn it over to God. Like Ruth, we cannot know the direction of the Almighty God until we are willing to turn our back on everything that seems rational, put our hands in the Lord's hand and say, okay, God, I don't know what this Bethlehem is like. I've never been there, but if that's where you want me to go, I'll go. <clears throat> when we start to walk in God's ways, he will lead us. Ruth had made a number of decisions prior to her getting to this point. She chose to believe in the living God instead of idols. She chose to go with her bitter mother-in-law, who obviously needed someone to care for her. She knew that it would not be easy for her, a Moabite, to live in Israel, but she went anyway. She was humble and submissive to the Lord and to those who had authority over her. Ruth chose to support Naomi and herself by the humbling work of gleaning to provide the food. She did not sit around waiting for the Lord to reveal his will. As she started to do something, God led her. Would you please read Psalm 3723? Who has that? I get, you okay? Very good. So God was leading her. God leads us step by step. As we make choices that please God in the little things, we will soon discover that God is interested in guiding us in our small and big decisions. Again, we see the providence of God. The Lord led Ruth to the field of Boaz and then led Boaz to visit his, his field while Ruth was there. Ruth took the step of faith and believed that God loved her and would provide for her. God saw Ruth's utter dependence on him to lead and protect her. He saw her desire to please and obey him. He saw her submissions to the Israelite customs. 
The secret to being able to know or discern God's will is not in going certain places or doing certain things. The secret is being what God wants us to be. When we become what God wants us to be, he will clearly tell us where we need to go and what we need to do. Each person is unique. God has gifted us in different ways. He will direct each of you to use your individual gift and personally to glorify him in ways that are not like anyone else's. As we learn that, we will find that doing the will of God is a normal and natural lifestyle. Now we're going to go to verses 11 through 17. So Ruth is working in the field, and the owner of the field is a man named Boaz, who, when he saw her, went to his workers and said, and who is she? As we come back to the story, we are going to talk about how God put Boaz, the right man, in the right place, in the right time, in the field to be where Ruth was. First, we're going to look at Boaz as the Redeemer. The lesson begins with a question at the end of the 10th verse. So she fell down on her face, bowed down to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes? You should, you should take, that you should take notice of a, me, since I am a foreigner. Beginning in verses 11 and 12, and then again in verses 14 to 16, Boaz responds to Ruth's questions and we get some insight on him as a person. We're gonna start with one of his characteristics was the pity of Boaz, and that's the feeling of sorrow and compassion caused by the suffering and misfortune of honors. In verse 11, we see something of Boaz's heart, and Boaz answered and said to her, it has been fully reported to me that all you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you have left your father and mother and the land of your birth and have come to a people whom you did not know before. Boaz obviously had heard of Naomi and Ruth, returned to Bethlehem from Moab, and that Ruth had placed her faith in Jehovah. He had also heard of her devoted service to her mother-in-law. The news of Ruth's persistence in gleaning all day reinforced everything he'd heard and we see in Boaz's response that he had a compassionate heart. Let's look at question three. Did Boaz recognize Ruth's faith? I think we answered that. Did he not? He did. Yes, he did. Then we're going to go into the prayer of Boaz. In verse 12, Boaz says, The Lord repay your work and a full reward be given you by the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge. Another beautiful statement. We begin to get a little insight into this man's godliness and why Ruth was attracted to him. As Ruth is being prayed for, she senses that Boaz knows God. As he prays that the Lord will repay and reward her work, he added this, under whose wings you have come for refuge. He uses this picture of the protecting care of a mother hen for her chicks. Boaz is confident 
and affectionate toward God and very tender to Ruth. Boaz tells her in effect what God is a, excuse me. Boaz tells her in effect that God is a refuge for those who put their trust in him. He is a hiding place. We can be sheltered safely under his wings. The wonderful image of the wings of God appears in other scripture. So would someone please read the one I gave you, Malachi 4.2, Psalm 17.8, Psalms 36.7, and Matthew 23.37. So let's start with Malachi. I didn't do Malachi. I'm sorry. I did not. It's Psalm 17.8. Let's start with Psalm 17.8. So we are the apple of his eye, and he protects us under his wings. Psalms 36, 7. How priceless is your unfailing love, both high and low among men. Find refuge in the shadow of your wings. Always refuge, always love. And Matthew 23, 37. I don't know if all of you had a chance to read the uh, attachment that I gave you called Covered Under His Wings. It shows uh, a hen, and there was a fire. And it shows the hen, and it shows the chicks under her. What she did is she sat with those chicks under her wings. She burned. She died. But her chicks did not. They lived because of her protection. We have a Savior who did exactly that for us. When the fire of God's holy wrath should have consumed us, Christ spread out his arms on the cross and covered us in his blood. In God's providence, the Lord's kindness has not forsaken Naomi and Ruth. It was the Lord who stopped the famine. It was the Lord who bound Ruth to Naomi in love. It was the Lord who preserved Boaz for Ruth. Ruth did not just happen to come to Boaz's field. The light of God's love has finally broken through bright enough for Naomi to see. The Lord is kind. He is good to all who take refuge under his wings. So let us all take refuge under the wings of God and be astonished at his grace. Do any of you have an under the wings experience? I mean, we're always under the wings but has something happened that you knew without a shadow of a doubt that it was the Lord who was protecting you? Would you like to share something? I have one. Um, it was January of this last year. Uh, some of you know I was in an automobile accident. I was coming home from work and the weather was iffy. The road seemed okay. I was in the passing lane, I was doing about 50, and I thought, well, you know, you're not supposed to be in the passing lane, you're supposed to be in the passenger lane, Sandy. So I decided to maneuver over, and when I did, I hit slush. Lost total control of my car. Fortunately, it threw me off the road. I rolled 
three times. I counted them. I was awake. I knew I was not hurt. Someone was there. I, I, I just knew. I mean, of course, I quickly said, Lord, protect me. But I knew I was not hurt. And so I was in this position. I was up here, and the passenger seat was down here. So I could hold on. I knew my head was bleeding. I did get a cut. And people were there immediately. They told me to shut my car off. I didn't know if I could reach it, but I could, which was good advice. They had called the ambulance. <clears throat> the ambulance came. They had to cut me out, so we had to wait for the car company. And um, they got me out, put me in the ambulance, and I was awake the whole time. Of course, I was seat belted, uh, and that held me up. And uh, I could prop on the passenger seat so that I didn't fall down. Um, we went to the Hershey Medical Center. I had, because of my age and because I'm diabetic, there was a trauma unit waiting for me, five people, doctors and nurses, to immediately work on me. There was no waiting. You were taken right in. They got me settled. Again, I'm awake through this whole thing. I know I'm not hurting. I had to have a CAT scan of my entire body, and everything was fine. The Lord took care of me. If he wanted to take me home, that's when he could have done it. But he took care of me. I was under his wings. Yes, I had a cut on my head. That was minor. If you stop to think about it, it wasn't anything serious. You know, it didn't go into the skull or anything like that. But I was safe under the wings of God. How precious. How precious he is. So now we're going to talk about the provision of Boaz. We begin to see Boaz's provision in verse 14. Now Boaz said to her at mealtime, Come here and eat of the bread and dip your piece of bread in the vinegar. Now I researched this because that seemed odd to me. Why would you dip your bread in vinegar, you know? So it, it, it was very refreshing. When you were out in the fields, you were warm, hot, and the vinegar was very refreshing. I thought it was wine, but no, it was vinegar. It was not a, a wine. Um, so that it was refreshing to them and they would even use it in their homes. So that is the reason that they used the vinegar when they were out in the fields. They probably had like barley and corn that had been put together and, and baked and, and that was kind of like some of the bread that they were eating. It was gracious. That's another provision of Boaz. He was gracious. Boaz was a kind person as well as a successful businessman, and he was very sensitive toward this woman. Not all great su successful men lack tenderness. Ruth gives us an invitation. Remember, she's a foreigner woman. She's not an Israelite. Yet Boaz said, dip your piece of bread in the vinegar. And here we're going to notice how did Ruth get her food? So one of the provisions is he, he was gracious. Then when Ruth sat down beside his workers, he took the grain 
personally, he didn't pass it down the line, he personally gave it to her. That would make sure that everyone knew that she was welcome. There may have been some reapers sitting at the dinner table thinking, what is she doing here? But it was all settled when Boaz walked over and personally served her. I believe he did it on purpose just to make her feel welcome. And it was abundant. It was gracious and personal. And the scriptures say Ruth had everything she needed. Needed. Notice she needed. Not wanted, but what she needed. And it was an abundant provision. Now we're going to look at the protection of Boaz. We're going to be hearing this often. Boaz, the right man at the right place at the right time, gave Ruth his protection. And when she rose up to glean, Boaz commanded this young, the young men saying, let her glean even among the sheaves and do not reproach her and let grain from the bundles fall purposely for her. <clears throat> Leave it that she may glean and do not rebuke her. First, he offered Ruth positive protection. He gave Ruth permission to go out into his field. They still needed permission. Even though gleaning was from the law, they still actually needed permission from the landowner to do that. So Boaz gave Ruth permission. He wanted to make sure that she was not going to be bothered that everyone knew she was gleaning in the fields at his request. In other words, there was permission involved. And second, there was purpose involved. Not only did he glean, but he told his workers, don't just leave the grain on the ground. When you're walking back to the barn with the bundles, make sure you let some of it drop out that it lies there and she can get more than usual. Now that's not normal conduct. The conduct of a man who suddenly realizes something that has happened in his heart. That's what the conduct is about. <coughs> and then there were two aspects of neg negative protection. Notice that he say, says, do not reproach her. In other words, he knew his workers have a tendency to look at Ruth as someone from another race and put her down. So he told them not to report reproach her or put her down. Then he said, don't you rebuke her. In other words, when she is picking up the grain that was left there on purpose, don't rebuke her for it. That's her privilege. This is a man of pity, a man of faith, of prayer, provision. Boaz is the right man in the right place at the right time. And he was put there by God. Now we're going to look at Ruth. We're going to look at Ruth. In passages are in 13, 17, 18, 21, and 23, but we're only going to look at 13 and 17. Let's take a look at her and discover some of her character traits that we're going to study throughout the rest of this series. First is her tenderness. Notice in verse 13 that she said, let me find favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and have spoken kindly to your maidservant, though I am not like one of your maidservants. Boaz's words to Ruth 
brought an immediate response. The words comforted me in this text have an alternate translation. You have spoken to my heart. That shows the tenderness of this woman. What you have said and what you have done have spoken to my heart, Boaz. <coughs> well, I am so sorry. <coughs> the gracious words spoken by Boaz, his testimony to be gracious and compassionate of God. These things have touched Ruth's heart because she is tender. Many times going through trouble takes the edge off of us and makes us tender. It takes the hard shell off. Thank you. It takes the hard shell off of us and bears our heart. So sometimes going through toil and trial makes us tender, which is a good thing, especially for someone with my personality. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever noticed, when I come in, I get down to what I have to do. I don't stop, I don't chat, which is wrong. But I'm learning myself, <laughs> even at this age, I'm learning. And so you need to stop and think and talk to others because that's important. Um, it's just important for us all to do that. So I'm trying to be more friendly, but my first thought is get yourself settled, get everything out, get yourself organized. Okay, now we can go talk. <laughs> but no. So um, that's just a side thing, but we do, we do, uh, we can be made tenor sometimes from what we go through. Sometimes it's an example and we don't understand what others are doing until we go through it ourselves. Then we're going to talk finally here about the toil of Ruth. In her tenderness, Ruth is a very diligent woman. Notice her toil in verse 17. So she gleaned in the field until evening and beat out what she had gleaned, and it was about an ephod of barley. Sometimes we think that if a woman is tender, she can't be tough. But Ruth, Ruth was a tough woman. She worked all day. She didn't stop until evening. Ruth toiled all day and collected an ephod of barley. That's just a little over a bushel which means Ruth probably had around 30 pounds of grain, much more than the average gleaner would have gotten. She wrapped it up in her apron and carried it all the way back up to the hill of Bethlehem. And that's where we're going to leave Ruth today. She was taking her things back to Naomi. I have a challenge for you. We were talking about kindness. Boaz exuded kindness in his attitude and actions toward Ruth and those around him. So your challenge for this week is to find someone who could benefit from your attention. It is easy to be kind to a person when they are very sweet and kind to you. It is more of a challenge if you do not know the person and they are not as friendly in return. We need to pray and reach out to both, not looking for a reward from the individuals, but serving the Lord through kindness and love. Ruth is a sparkling example of how God, God guides our steps, even when we are not aware of it. She is also an example of how 
when we reach out to someone else, our life is enlarged. Keep your eyes open in the coming week for someone else who could benefit from a loving attention. Remember, kindness is more than deeds. It's an attitude, an expression, a look, a touch. It's everything that lifts another person.